There are so many ways to summarize what just took place on that football field. But I'm going to start where something that just needs to be said first and foremost is that Jake Elliott is the biggest complete loser of all time. Geek Elliott is the worst kicker I have ever seen in my entire life. He is so God-freaking-awful. I literally, if he's still the kicker of this team next week because of the shitty contract that that dummy GM we have gave this man, the fact that they're talking about it being $8 million in dead money if you cut the kicker. Think about that. If you cut the kicker. So you gave a lucrative contract that involves that much maneuvering because you decided this guy after, what, midway through last season was good? By the way, ever since he gave him that contract, you know what's happened? He's never made anything close to, uh, he's never lived up to that contract, not even one one-tenth, not even one one-hundredth. He's the god-awful, worst, most god-awful worst kicker I've ever seen in my life. He, he is absolutely atrocious. He is horrible. He missed from 29 yards tonight in a game that came down to the last play. Think about it. He, he's just so god-awful. That 31-yarder, he had to sneak it in, by the way, at, at the beginning of the game, too. But that 29-yarder that he missed at the end of the first half, he can't be on this team. There's just no way you can reasonably explain why he's the kicker, besides the fact that the GM screwed you with his contract. And if that's the reason, that's still a problem. I don't care. If they're not having kick and tryouts this week, then we, again, I'm already going to question this front office. I'm going to question the coaches because that's the biggest reason this was a game. You want to know the five reasons why the Eagles somehow, some way, by the stroke of a miracle, won this football game and how they beat the Giants 22 to 21? Well, fifth is Evan Ingram for the Giants. First of all, dropping that ball on that fourth or that third down play. First and foremost, there's two minutes and 50 seconds left. Uh, the head coach does not call a timeout to uh, you know save the 40 seconds there. He decides to let it run. By letting it run down to under 220, you know what happened? You gave the Giants the option to throw the football on that third down. Had he called the timeout with 250 left, who knows? Maybe the Giants say, you know what, we want to burn another timeout of the Eagles. Right? We'd only have one left, so we would use our last timeout. Maybe that's what Joe Judge decides to do. No, but instead by doing that, costing yourself 40 seconds, because here's another thing. You save the 40 seconds because guess what? When you're on offense, you're not going to go down to the end of the play clock in a drive where you need to rush down the field to score. So it was horrible clock management. He gave them what they wanted. They got exactly what they did want. I mean, Will Parks got burnt like toast, and Evan Ingram just simply dropped the ball. It was a perfect throw. Dropped the football. So the Giants punt the ball, right? And what happens? Well... They come down, we get a, a targeting penalty on, on their first gunner, and then 45 for the Giants with the cheap shot of all cheap shots. One of the biggest scumbag hits I've ever seen. Um, dirt ball play by a, clearly a dirt ball player. Uh, you know, tries to essentially end Deshaun Jackson's career. That's another thing, too. We uh, Listen, I talk all the time about Deshaun's reliability, and, and I've criticized it before, and it's always soft tissue injuries. Well, this time his ankle almost snapped in half. It's a miracle he's still walking, and it was off a cheap shot. It was the same thing that happened to Wentz last year. When you, you We bitch about him being injury-prone, and it's like, well, it was a freaking cheap shot that took him out. Well, this one was a cheap shot that took Deshaun out. It, it was, it was as, as 
ugly a hit as I've seen. It's a miracle that if he did, honestly, I don't know if he didn't break his ankle or not. We'll find out tomorrow. Fourth reason why, though, the Eagles won the game, the defensive line. I mean, really, like Fletcher Cox causing that fumble at the end of the first half that resulted in zero points because Jake Elliott missed a kick that 99.9% of high school kickers can absolutely make, I guarantee you. I guarantee you there was probably more people in that stadium as fans tonight that could have made that kick than missed it. I mean that. I I dare anybody to go out to your local football field, try to see if you can make one from 29 yards. You know what that means? You just just have to put the football, honestly, uh, at the 19-yard line and kick it through. It's not hard. Trust me, it's really not hard. 29 yards he missed. 29-yarder. The defensive line, though, obviously when we... Because, by the way, he can't make those field goals. We had to go for two-pointers a lot. And because Doug Peterson has arguably the worst... (laughs) I I, I don't even know what to describe the two-point plays we call tonight. And we're going to talk a lot about Doug Peterson. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. This is where this is all going. It's going right to him. Right to him. It was the worst game he's ever coached. I've ever seen somebody coach. It was actually embarrassing. It, it was it was criminally embarrassing. I, I literally was like embarrassed that I was watching and rooting for a team he was coaching because of how bad he did. But regardless, Brandon Graham strips Daniel Jones there at the end, saves the game. Vinny Curry with the recovery. Um, defense line was good. I mean, they had that one horrible drive after the fourth down play where we didn't get it, where we threw a fade to our tight end who had never played on offense before, who, by the way, was wide open for about 10 seconds before that because he didn't know where to line up at first. So they could have just snapped the ball and threw it to him. It kind of similar to when the Giants in the first drive of the game had a fourth down and their their punter noticed that there was nobody covering one of their gunners and wanted to throw it, and the Giants inexplicably decided not to throw the ball there, which would have been a gimme first down. That's what it was. Throw and threw a fade route. By the way, on, and let me tell you this: in the NFL, you know what the worst play in the NFL is—the fade. It only works if you have a guy like Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson. It doesn't work for a guy like Hakeem Butler, who was making his debut on offense for the Eagles right then and there. Yeah, it didn't work. Defense line was four, three. Greg Ward catches everything, catches everything. Greg Ward, five catches. I know he didn't even—he had forty some yards, five catches. I think it was forty-two. Touchdown though, catches everything. Tough as nails. Greg Ward is a godsend to this team. Just makes big plays when you need him to make big plays. What a game from Greg Ward. He's awesome. And so is Travis Fulgham. Five catches, 70. What do you have? I'll pull up the exact numbers. Just again, though. Fulgham down the sideline. Another big game. And and I know it's like you think, oh, everybody's get, like, he he's consistently, consistently, just getting over 70 yards now. It's like, this was an off game for Travis Fulgham. He had 73 yards receiving. I mean, I know Wentz threw for a million yards tonight, 340-some, but here's the thing. Um, the wide receivers were, were, truthfully, I mean, really, John Hightower actually caught a bomb tonight. How about that? I mean, it looked like they were going to get Deshaun in, involved in the game early. Um, that didn't happen, and then obviously gets hurt at the end. But Greg Ward is an absolute baller. That dude is a tough dude, catches everything. Fulgham is the man. I, I mean, there are some bright spots. Those are two. Um Second reason why, I'm giving it to Jim Schwartz. Somebody I've been criticizing, should have been fired, absolutely should have been fired for our soft-ass bitch passive defense that we've been playing for, you know, years. Well, guess what he did tonight? He finally disguised the fronts. I had an out-of-body experience when I first saw the two linebackers line up in the A-gaps. I couldn't believe it was freaking possible. I could not believe that he was disguising his fronts. 
Guess what happened? The first interception Jones threw where Ingram was coming across and it hit him and it ended up getting deflected and Mills picked it off. You know why that happened? Because they had the two linebackers in the A-gap and you know what they did? They didn't blitz him because you don't have to. You just had to present the idea you were going to blitz. And they dropped off. And what happened was when Ingram was running his slant, Gary got in his way. His eyes turned. The ball hits him. It's picked off. Caused a turnover because you disguised your front. They blitzed a lot tonight, the Eagles, too. They got home a lot, too. They hit the shit out of Daniel Jones. It's a miracle he's standing. He took an ass kicking tonight, too. But that was it. They, they, the defense was so much more aggressive tonight. It was a pleasure to see because it was unexpected because I just did not see this guy adapting at all. And it's just crazy to me. It's like, what? Because you played the Giants. Now you got aggressive. It's like you got to play that style against every single freaking team you play. Disguise your fronts. That's how you create turnovers. Like we did this thing tonight called turning the ball over. I was shocked. We're stripping guys. Really, we stripped Jones. We stripped the running back. You stripped, you know, you had an interception. Really, you made Daniel Jones get hit so much, he could have fumbled the ball a couple other times. I know he had his big run on a read option. I know he had his big throws down the field. I know they had that one massacre of a drive. And yeah, they got 21 points. But really, 21 points? I mean, really, the goal is to keep teams under 21. If you keep them under 21, chances are you're going to be in every football game and you're going to win a majority of them. And that's what happened tonight. That defense was infinitely better than what I'd seen the, the, the first five weeks because it, it just showed a different identity. It wasn't this soft-ass bitch passive defense. There was actual aggression. They're, they were they were forcing the issue, and it was nice to see Jim Schwartz second. First reason they won, I will give it to Clutch Carson Wentz again. Clearly, listen, was this Carson Wentz's best game? Absolutely not. I mean, really, if you watch this game, and when you see, I I'd already know this before I see the coach's tape, that he missed a lot of guys, especially in that first uh, first half where he had he threw the third down play to Deshaun. He had freaking Fulgham on a corner route. He, he, he scores 10 times out of 10. And, and and don't get me wrong, that the interception that he threw in the end zone was one of the freaking stupidest decisions I've ever seen in my life on second down, where he throws that bomb to, to Hightower. Wasn't even close to him. Bradbury picks it off. Now, I know people would say, oh, hey, throw it out of the end zone, and then it's third down if you have to get through. Well, listen, I, maybe he, he had just known what was going to happen. Maybe he's seen Jake Elliott or Geek Elliott kick for so many weeks now. He knows he's a complete and utter loser and a disaster of, of a kicker, and he just thought, man, you know, we're not going to get the field goal anyway. Now i got to start risking the ball, which, you know what, fine. If I was him, I'd actually say that because that would make at least somewhat of an explanation as to what the hell he was thinking when he threw that pass. He misses too many open guys. He holds the ball too long in the pocket. You can't do that. I mean, listen, I, I get it. Our offense line isn't good. It isn't. Jordan Mailata played his worst game by infinite amounts tonight. Suo Peta played bad. Somehow both were better than uh, Jamon Brown, which was the biggest disaster I've ever seen last week. But they were horrible. I mean, he got killed again. But there are times when you're in the pocket where you have to anticipate throws. And it just to, seems to me Carson Wentz is not anticipating throws until the final five minutes of football games where he just says, screw it, nothing to lose. But I mean, really, when he doesn't anticipate throws. He's so petrified of turning the ball over that he's not anticipating any throws. Like, you are going to get blitz. They are going to come. You don't have, you can't hold the ball for five seconds in the pocket in the NFL. Even good protection isn't going to last five seconds. It's just not possible. These guys are pros, man. These are the best of the best. He's standing in the pocket, holding the ball, holding the ball, sack, holding the ball, taking a hit, throwing the ball out of bounds here, but not throwing it here, missing guys wide open, leaking running back. It's just there's too many negatives. Carson Wentz did not play good. 
He played a great final five minutes. That's it. The the, the Butler play. I mean, really, he throw, he's supposed to throw a fade. I mean, yeah, it was pass interference, sure, but he didn't even throw a fade. Like, threw a bullet almost at him. It was not a good throw. I mean, Carson Wentz tonight, it was scary for me. I, I know people are going to come out of this with, with all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but it was scary for me what he was doing. Again, I get it. Is he better than what he showed in the first three? Well, anybody off the street could have been better than that. He played the three worst games I'd ever seen somebody play at the quarterback position. I, I said I'm not going to be fooled anymore, and I'm not. But, I mean, I, I'll give him this. The last two minutes of these games that he's been playing, especially the last two weeks, the last five minutes, I should say, I mean, he looks like somebody who could be an elite player. That's the truth. I mean, hate it or not, I mean, really, no matter what you want to say, the goal was tonight, we're down 11 points with five minutes to go, and we won the football game, and we scored two touchdowns to do it, and he threw two touchdown passes to do it. I mean, yes, that's where, those are the money moments, right? I, I believe in that. But what the freak is going on with him for the other 55 minutes of the football game? That first drive of the game, it was so easy for the Eagles. That touchdown drive was so freaking easy. Great play calling. Well, guess what? That didn't that didn't hold up because then for the next, what, 40-some minutes, Carson Wentz was god-awful, and then he found it for the last five again. Can't do that. I mean, when you look at this game, the Eagles should have won this game by, by 20 points. They truthfully should have. They should have won the game by 20-plus points. They got inside the 10-yard line, like, it seems like 10 times. They had a missed field goal. You know, you, you throw the fade, that doesn't happen. It's just stupid shit that they did inside the in, in, in these goal-line situations. They didn't get any two-pointers tonight. That might have helped. It, it was... And you know what? Before we do dive into Doug Peterson, I also want to call out Nicole Roby Coleman. I mean, his effort on half of these plays tonight were, was, like, just atrocious. The, the Daniel Jones 80-yard run where he fell down, but they scored a touchdown anyway, so who gives a shit? Um, on that play, Brandon Graham, I don't know what the hell he was doing. First of all, it was a read option. He just thought the running back had it, and he didn't even collapse on the running back. He, like, tiptoed over. It's like, dude, just stay on the quarterback. Fletcher Cox had that play blown up anyway. So, like, read that. Read that your defensive tackle is in the backfield. So if they handed the ball off, it's a loss anyway. They don't need you there to fill it. Stay on the quarterback. But then after that, it's like Nicole Roby Coleman just gives no effort. Can't chase down. Quit running after Daniel Jones. Like Rodney McLeod chased him down. And, and by the way, Jones is like, I know he's a way better athlete than people think. He could actually kind of run. And I know he fell down and it's a, it's a big hilarious moment. Ha, ha, ha. But they still scored a touchdown. But like Roby Coleman quit on that. His effort was freaking atrocious. I saw Maddox was up and ready to play. He didn't really play that much, clearly. I guess he was there for an emergency situation. Well, Freaking ding, ding, ding. The emergency's next week. We need him if we're going to beat the Cowboys. That's that's not even debatable. But let's talk about Doug Peterson. What an absolutely horrific game from Doug Peterson, right? He was so god-awful. He's not going to get fired because we won the football game, but he should get fired even though we won the football game. That was horrible. Like... There's just no way anybody watching this or who watched that game is proud of what they saw. I mean, yeah, you're going to be proud of the last, you know, five minutes of the game where the team didn't quit. Yes, there's heart. The Eagles, that's the biggest difference in this game is I saw the Eagles played with heart and the Giants didn't in those last five minutes. That's exactly what happened. They just wanted it. And New York didn't. And I don't get it. But I mean, 
Doug Peterson. I, I mean, the, the the third and one. Like, think about it. We went three and out three straight times to start the second half. That third and one play call where he just he, he puts it under center and, and then tries to run a dive with Boston Scott. It's just all night. The two-pointers. I mean, we'll, we'll talk. We could talk about these for years. I mean, really, the second one especially where you have the, the, the trick formation now. It's like, dude, that, that was from the one because it was a penalty on the war touchdown. A 15-yarder, by the way, that they had moved up to the one-yard line. And I'm like, man, why don't you just have, right when that formation happened, I'm like, man, have Hurts sneak the ball. And then it's like a delayed sneak. It's supposed to be like a QB draw instead of just a QB run. But it was, dude, the, the play calling that all night from him was just god-awful, especially in those crucial moments when you needed those two-point conversions. Oh, that the the when, or the Hurts one was after the touchdown to Scott. I'm sorry. What was the first one? Um, oh, yeah. The where you rolled out Wentz and tried to have him run it in like a running back. Like, wouldn't you have Hurts do that play? He's the running quarterback. No, they ran literally a quarterback sprint out, a sprint draw. Dude, our our goal line. But the, the play of the game that nobody's going to talk about because they won and got away with it was with the, the non-challenge on the third down play to Shepard, like where he was clearly short, and then he th- tried to throw the challenge flag, and he was already the next— like. Stuff like that can't happen. I get it. You're getting buzzed down. But you know they're going to rush to the line. They're not stupid, New York. They know what's up. I mean, really, that's a, that's a crucial part of this game because if it's fourth and a long one, who knows what the Giants decide to do there. Maybe they kick a field goal. But no, you gave them a, a, an easy first down. You just you sacrificed it because you threw the challenge flag late. Dude, he was horrible in this game. Horrible. That fourth and three play to, to Keem Butler is something I, I can't even fathom that they drew up. They drew up a fade. A fade is the worst play in football. It's not even close. Like I said, unless you have Meg, Megatron or fucking Randy Moss, it's the worst play in football. The fade. And you threw it to a guy who doesn't even play offense for us. Why is he on this team? You can't even figure out a way to get him involved. By the way, Richard Rodgers tonight had a better game than Zach Ertz had all season. Six catches, 85 yards. A guy, by the way, Ertz, if he didn't get hurt, I guess they were quote-unquote trying to trade, right? Yeah. Trade him. but yeah, And again, I'm critical of Zach Ertz and his effort, but you want him off the roster, but you're cool with Geek Elliott kicking on this team forever? Please. 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 I mean, really, please explain it. Eagles survived. I mean, that's what it is. Survive in advance, right? That's the whole the, the whole notion here is survive in advance. But I mean, really, if you're coming out of this thinking like that we, we're about to go on some type of heater, I mean, really, the Giants just had no heart. That's all I saw tonight from the Giants. They, they could have easily won this game. Daniel Jones outplayed Carson Wentz for 55 minutes. That's, that's a stone-cold fact which is concerning because he's been playing bad. He threw some really nice passes tonight. That throw to Ingram, man, they catch that. Who knows what's being talked about now? I'll tell you what's not being talked about. A win, probably. Because, again, really. I'm thankful. I'm I'm thankful they won. Because, again, the, the goal isn't, like, here's the thing. The NFL is hard, I get it. I mean, at the end of the year, yeah, you'll remember this, but I mean, the year they even won the, the Super Bowl, the Giants teams were both bad that year, and they won two, like, literal buzzer, buzzer beaters to beat the Giants. Now you get 10 days off, and you'll play Dallas, which is going to be in, in, an insanely huge game, clearly, for the division. 
Uh, Dallas plays Washington this week. Chances are they'll win. I'd assume safely they should. But my good God. My good God. I, I, I don't... What do you feel confident when you watch the Eagles? Like, where where's your confidence? It's not in the coach. It can't be because he's horrible. He's God-awful. He is a God-awful in-game coach now. Now he's just progress. He, he's regressing every week. Like, every single week he does something completely dumb at the end of a football game in crucial moments. I can't wait to hear him apologize for the Hakeem Butler play. Is it the quarterback? Well, yeah, if you just put it to the last five minutes of the game, I don't know how this has happened because, remember, he could he was unclutch for three years. Now he's Mr. Clutch. But he's not doing this the, the, the other 55 minutes of the game, which is concerning. The middle part of, seriously, after that first touchdown to the five-minute mark uh, of the fourth quarter, I mean, really, that was as bad as it could get with Carson Wentz. And I could see, well, he's getting hit. Listen, here's a spoiler. He's going to get hit. Every quarterback gets hit. Daniel Jones is getting hit. He's going to get hit more because our offense line has got awful. Like I said, Mylotta played his worst game. Of all the games, too, right? You think, oh, man, against Pittsburgh. No, he wasn't that bad. Against San Francisco. No, he was actually pretty good. Baltimore held up. The Giants get him. Marcus Golden ate his shit tonight. Suo paid to getting beat up. He's a guy, though. Like, And I know people say, well, come on, it's Suo Pay. I'm like, dude, the Eagles have protected him, kept him on this team. This is somebody they clearly like a lot because they they've had him on this team for how many years but it's like eventually what's what's the point of having him on here could he deliver could he play i mean i can't believe it they desperately 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 need isaac siamalo back can you believe we're saying that lane johnson's clearly screwed up i mean he couldn't finish the game knew that was probably gonna end up happening got hurt like early on the quarterback sneak came back in did not play in those last five minutes, ironically. Matt Pryor was playing right tackle. Think about that line. Mylotta, Opeda, Kelsey, Herbig, and, and Pryor. It's impossible. It's just impossible that every single guy is getting hurt. I mean, who's coming back here for the Cowboys game, right? That's going to be the big deal. Is like, Who do we possibly get back for the Cowboys game? Because let me give you a spoiler. You can't trot the guys you tried out here tonight and expect to beat them. You're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. I don't care if Andy Dalton, I don't care if, if anybody, any human being is the quarterback. Andy Dick could be the quarterback for the Cowboys. You ain't beating them with what you had tonight. It's just not going to happen. And how about this too? Another thing for our offense, Doug Peterson, when you do put Jalen Hurts on the field, eventually you got to have him do this thing called throw it. I know he threw it once against the Steelers. That was cool on that BS formation. That it was the same formation, by the way, that they used um, on the two pointer that he did on that play. But eventually, one of these times, like you got to have him throw it. And here's another hint: if he is going to be out there and he's taking the snap, get Carson Wentz off the field. He doesn't have to be standing as the wide receiver who clearly isn't going to affect the play. They're not even worried about him, and rightfully so. I wouldn't be. He's not going to run a route. So why is he out there? Because you want to say, oh, he played all the snaps this year. Is that what this is for? Nobody cares about that. Oh, he came out for six snaps this year. Why? Well, Hertz went in. Well, hey, guess what? The goal is, by the way, that like Carson Wentz doesn't play all the snaps this year. Because you'd like to like actually be beating a team by a little bit one game where he could actually just come out and watch uh, Jalen Hurts actually take some snaps and play. 
But him being on the field on those is just stupid. It's pointless. It's it's just one less guy that the defense has to worry about when he lines up at wide receiver. They they're not going to do anything with it unless they run something. Unless they're like they're they're playing forty checkers here and they're going to or forty chess and they're going to run a freaking go at Carson Wentz and Hurts is going to throw it deep to him. Which at that point I will completely lose faith in Doug Peterson as a human being. But I'm just saying, is that is that what this is all about? Have him throw the football. The guy was a college, like, he was a high-level college quarterback. This isn't Taysom Hill. Jalen Hurts was a high-level college quarterback. Played at Alabama, won championships, played at Oklahoma, came second in the Heisman Trophy. Let the damn man throw the football. If you're going to have him out there to run, you have to have him throw it. Because you know what they're doing now? Now they're just cluing in. They're just run blitzing the Eagles when he comes on the field because they just know he hasn't thrown. Hey, why are we going to play for something he hasn't done? Let them do it first before we're worried about it. They're scared to let him throw. Guess what? With this offensive line we have, he better learn how to throw fast because he's going to have to throw eventually because the quarterback holds the ball too long and just takes an ass kick in every game. I'm watching Carson Wentz talk now, and I know he said, oh, he's sore. He's got pads on all his elbows. Well, of course he's... But the thing is, though, he needs to help himself out, too. He needs to start trusting what he sees on the field. It seems to me, in the last five minutes of every game, and again, remember this, he's having this success because the defenses are kind of backing off a little bit. He knows the coverage he's getting. Generally, they're going to play some soft-ass cover three zone, right? And he knows that. So yes, when he knows it, he seems to throw better. So my question to him would be, are you understanding what you're seeing on the field? Because clearly to me, it's not, you're not. That's why he's having these mid-game struggles. Yes, it's when the defense gets predictable that he starts playing his best. I just trust your eyes. Like that first, second, the second series of the game, he had Fulgham on a hitch. Third and 10, perfect. You got to put it on him. You knew they were in cover two. Throw it. Throw it. Anticipate the throw. Sometimes you got to throw the receiver before he's even looking at the ball. That's how much time you get in the NFL. You're not always going to have a clean pocket. That's just not the way it works. Those guys on defense get paid just like the guys on offense do. They're going to beat their linemen once in a while, and you got to be anticipating throws. You got to sometimes know I got to pull it before they're even looking. Trust in the players going to the right spot. If Geek Elliott is on this team, though, next week against the Cowboys, I'm going to lose it. I seriously am. I'm going to freaking lose it. Lose it. I will lose it on a nuclear level. Listen, a win's a win. Clearly. I'm happy the Eagles won. If they lost, the season was over. But it's crazy to me. We're going to look at 22-21. and 20, or 22-21. But if you look at it as 16-21, let's just say. And by the way, Kelsey getting that stupid, like that's just the stupidest penalty I've ever seen in my life. The, it was the dream scenario because you kind of wanted Clement to go down there. It's a, then you have three downs from the three-yard line to try to score to win the game, and the clock is burned down under 20 seconds. No. But then Carson Wentz does make the throw of his life. That throw to Boston Scott is the throw of his life. That was an unreal pass. And I know people are going to compare that to the Corey Clement pass against Washington years ago, the year we won the Super Bowl. This pass here was infinitely better. First and goal from the 18-yard line. You thought, holy God, we're not going to score now. We went from the three-yard line because our idiot center decided to get a face mask penalty, and he made the throw of his life. That was the best throw I've ever seen him make. It's not even close. 
It's not even close. It's by far the best throw he ever made. I used to like think, man, if Carson Wentz could just play the last five minutes of a football game like he played the first 55 minutes, he could be pretty good. And now it's just flipped. It's like, can he play the first 55 minutes like he's played the last five minutes? Like, when does this puzzle actually just meet in the middle? You know what I mean? It'd be kind of cool because then we'd have something at the quarterback. But I mean, really, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, this is like a stay of execution that was bought tonight. That's what I feel like after this game. It was a stay of execution. This was a stay of execution. You bought another week. Because really, like, I, I can't believe this. You know what I mean? Like, the Cowboys and all their struggles they have. But that's going to be like, hey, that's good. they're the gold standard right now in this division, believe it or not. That's where you're going to find out what you got. And they're struggling. Their line is beat up. They're, they're backup quarterback. Their, their defense has been horrible. You're going to have every opportunity to score on them. If you can't beat them at home, I mean, really, what are we talking about here? But that'll be it. And again, if 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 it gets ugly like it did tonight, and the coach can't coach or call plays, and and everything goes awry like it did, I, I need to ask Jeffrey Lurie. At what point do you consider pulling the plug on the coach? Listen, it's not going to be. I I, I know people will call for in season firings, and I know I called for it on Schwartz because it was so god awful, embarrassing what happened against Pittsburgh. But at this point, if you lose to the Cowboys, you know the season's pretty much cooked. You might as well just ride it out. Because you want a champion. Listen, I will give him this. We want a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you don't have to embarrass the guy and fire him midseason. That's not kind of what you want to do here, especially. But, I mean, it is crazy to think that we won the Super Bowl three years ago. And I'm already talking about when do we get out of the head coach, the GM, who absolutely needs to go, possibly the court. Like, there's so many things that you cannot believe we're actually having discussions about. This game was a stay of execution. I actually thought going into it, the Eagles were going to win this game by like 14-plus. I really did, and they should have. When you got guys missing 29-yard field goals, quarterbacks throwing interceptions in the end zone, head coach calling fades to third-string tight ends who hadn't touched the field all season inside the three-yard line. Like How many times do we get the ball inside the, 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 inside the 10 and not score? It's impossible. Let's see who's going to get healthy. I mean, spoiler, they need Lane Johnson to get healthy fast. Lane Johnson needs to get healthy fast. Fast. Really fast. Like, instantly fast. They need one of those guards. Like, I heard Peters might not be back till after the bye. Okay. Well, we need somebody who can play guard. Maybe the guy that got cut from Buffalo, Spain. I mean, really, I could see them now calling. At this point, you got to do what you got to do. You can't anticipate guys coming back from injury. Look at what happened to Deshaun. I know Deshaun didn't hurt the same way. It wasn't a soft tissue injury, but just saying. The point is what the point is. Got to fix the offensive line. Got to figure out a way to fix the offensive line, or this team will not win football games. It's impossible. Because the quarterback does not throw at anticipation right now. For some odd reason, he only waits to the last five minutes to do it. I know I keep beating that horse like a drum, but I am. Freak of the week in this game. Whew. God, I'll give it uh, Boston Scott. Ridiculed all year, Boston Scott. Really was, and rightfully so. Really had had no impact on any games this year. 
48 yards rushing, 46 yards receiving, makes that crucial catch to win the football game. Boston Scott Freak of the Week. Geek of the Week? Well, Geek Elliott. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's undebatable. Geek Elliott, the field goal kicker, is the Geek of the Week for the second straight week. That absolutely god-awful, god-awful field goal kicker is the Geek of the Week. I, I can't stomach him. I really, honest to God, mean this. When he's on the field anymore, I can't even watch him play. I get so physically mad. My body, like, I, I could feel my blood boiling. Literally boiling when I see him kick. That's how bad I think he is. I'll tell you this. Thinking more about that Cowboys game, we're going to see Carson Wentz, and it's like, again, I... I I know what to think about Carson Wentz. I have my opinions. I told you, I'm not going to be fooled anymore. I, I mean, really, guys. I mean, I know we're on our horse, and a, a high horse, and everybody's going to be happy about those last five minutes, but you cannot forget the first 55. I don't know about everybody else, but I have high expectations. I'm expecting him to be a perennial top 10 quarterback in the NFL, not just have perennial top 10 moments. I understand the deck he's playing with is freaking terrible. Understand 100%. No damn doubt about it. But I mean, really, when you look at his passer rating by game, man, 62 against Washington, 56 against the Rams, 72 against the Bengals, 81 against the 49ers, 75 against the Steelers, 84 against the Ravens, 91 against the Giants. So yes, the trend, at least from the, the, the 49ers game, with the exception of the Steelers, which is pretty much equal, is up, 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 which is good. But I mean, really, what, 25 for 43, 359 yards tonight, two touchdowns and one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. I have higher expectations. I'm not proud of Carson Wentz because he has a 90 quarterback rating. This guy should have multiple games a year where he's over 120. He should be that good. He's not even cracked 100 yet. But, I mean, people are going to put their rose-colored glasses on because the last five minutes, and, and I get it. I mean, really, like, hey, those were the money moments. That's the money time. In the money moments, you want to see the quarterback succeed, and he has absolutely flourished in these last two weeks and the last five minutes of the game. I, I, I damn absolutely agree with you. I think it's criminal that Peterson completely screwed him last week and he couldn't throw the ball in that two-pointer. I would have loved to have seen it happen. But I just want to see it happen for more than five minutes. Two, four, and one. And now we play the Cowboys. Go, Eagles, go.